Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod. Big Jim and Goody are here again this week and Beer52 are on board. Have you guys enjoyed your beers this week? I have, mate. I've enjoyed them in Scotland, on the west coast of Scotland, but I know you'll get onto that. But I've enjoyed mine and they were cold and it was by a fire. What more could you? What could, more could a man or a woman want? Did you share them with Beck? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, I did. Yep. <laughs> she uh, basically took them into the kitchen and brought them back out, if that's what you call sharing. <laughs> beer 52, a British company, and they're passionate about the UK craft beer scene. But they also bring you beer every month from places like New Zealand, South Africa, and the USA, all over Europe. As a welcome offer... For all you Rugby Pod listeners, they're offering eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you've got to do is go to beer52.com forward slash rugby and cover the postage. That's the word beer followed by the number 52.com. And if you sign up but then change your mind, it's really easy to pause or cancel your account. So you've got nothing to lose. Just get on your phone or your laptop, type in beer52.com forward slash rugby and get your first case of eight beers for free. That's beer52.com forward slash rugby. And by doing so, you'll be also supporting the rugby pod. Jim, how was your week? You're about to tell us. Well, it depends how far you want to go back because we didn't record last week for scheduling purposes and a lot can happen. Was it scheduling? Yeah, well, scheduling my stretchingness of my back. Lads, it was breaking news and we could have spoke about it last week, but we didn't. I'm back. <laughs> Mate, hey, the king returns. I'm back playing rugby, lads, if you call it that. Mate, um, that what I saw was embarrassing. That's all I'm saying. I'm just going to leave it there. What was? was the, the picture... Of you nearly fucking four notes. You look like a giraffe, mate, on, on ice. Mate, I'm about to uh, tap tackle the bin man, mate. It's mate, you've, dropped, you've classically dropped the ball again, and then you're thinking, well, how can I rectify this? Oh, I'll give a penalty away. In touch as well. How are you doing that, mate? How, how do you know it was touch? <laughs> it was touch. How did you know? <laughs> I have my sources. Mate, I have been absolutely ball bagged for nearly two weeks off the back of that, but it stalled for a while and I'm going to name drop the club I didn't know whether I could say it because X had a few problems because they had a similar name but it's the Curry Chief Chief Chieftains I don't know if you can say Chieftains oh mate be careful mate well I am I'm saying it because that's their name mate I can't not say it that is their name the Curry Chieftains and at the minute things have stalled mate contract negotiations uh, an offer was made I genuinely thought it was a week it turns out it was a year <laughs> 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 what they're offering you a decent salary you thought it was a week and it was a year well it was two and a half grand and i th- i said to the guy is it a week and he said no we're thinking that for the season but hopefully you could put the donation in via the rugby pod well you you pay it and i think um as it's the curry chieftains i'll just come for a, a chicken tikka masala if that's all right i don't get it you play the rugby i'll i'll eat the curry Wee. oh i get it i get it but um Oh, yeah, the curry bit. Sorry, I didn't know where you were going with the Chieftains and the curry. <laughs> mate, there's too many Cs, mate. There's too many Cs. Well, um, yeah, so we'll see how that unfolds. But the Lions are behind me. Uh, it's all about belief. Now, it's touch and go whether I'll make the Lions, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm 37. They did interact, though, didn't they? They did. And I've got to be honest, for the people wondering, to reiterate, it's touch and go. Whether or not I could make it, I mean, it'd be one of the greatest stories known in, in rugby, wouldn't it? I mean, tell me a better story. You ain't going to find one. So, if you mate, if you make that Lions tour, I mean, I dread to think what I'd do. I'd go tops off and streak. If you if you got on the pitch as a Lions player, I'd have to just like go tops off at the ground and streak. It has to be all official though. You have to be properly in the squad. It's not like some joke invitation. But mate, I mean, one 
how sore is your body like the next two days? I went trampolining the other day with the twins. Mate, and that's my, one of the worst ba- things. Mate, my back, my knees, my ankles, they're all in bits still. And I'm just thinking of you playing rugby. Were you on apps, the trampoline? Mate, I bounce pretty high with my um, my belly goes up and down. Boom! And, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but, mate, how sore is your body? Well, that's it, mate. I'm not... I, I can't trampoline now because of, obviously, body's business and all that. So I'm not <laughs> even doing that. But, yeah, I, I was in pieces, I'll be honest. The ankle, the Achilles. But, mate, you know, Goody, you know me. I'm a warrior, mate. I just get on with it and... yeah. Don't complain. You just mate, head down, work hard, don't you? Yeah. So we'll see how that unfolds. But for the masses wondering, yeah, I mean, I'm going to talk about myself in the third person now. <laughs> Big Jim's back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and Goody, we've been away for two weeks. What have you been up to, mate? Uh, just family time, really. Just get my head down, working hard at my day-to-day job and then spending a f- fair bit of time on the golf course. And then when the nanny goes home, that's when I come into my own. Loads of swimming. Um, Are the pools open now? Yeah, mine is at uh, at, at my at my gymnasium. I haven't been to the gym yet, but I've been to the pool, which is the original reason I joined, right, to go to the gym as well. But yeah, still peeing in the pool. Every everyone pees in the pool. I don't care who who you are, what you say. At some point, every person, man, woman, boy, girl, you've peed in a swimming pool somewhere, um, and apparently it's good for you. You know, like you pee on a jellyfish thing. Yeah, yeah, I know that. You pee, you pee in a swimming pool, it just gets rid of COVID, apparently. So. Um, yeah, I've been filling my boots, so to speak. Well, I don't know if we should be endorsing that, but... <laughs> i tell you who needs peed on then. That Roman Poit, mate. Oh Someone my. needs to pee on him. Oh, my cough. Mate. It wasn't just one, it was... <coughs> I have never... Genuinely, I'm not that... I am obviously bothered about what's going on, and I do take it seriously, but I try not think about it too much and read the news and be bothered about it in that way. So I'm not one of these that jumps on and being like, oh, you know, he's coughing, he's got COVID. I'm watching it thinking, oh my God, is this for real? I'm like thinking about, is this for real? Is he coughing? Because obviously what they've done on BT Sport, well, not obviously what they've done, they always do it. There's normally a crowd, right? So you hear the crowd and then you hear a little bit of the rest interaction, which is great. Like we absolutely love it. But I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm texting Benny. I'm like, mate, get the ref mic turned down. Get it turned down because this guy, Roman Poit, is coughing nonstop in the game that he refereed between Clement and Racing. It was beyond me how he stayed on the pitch. Not that he's got coronavirus or anything like that. I'm sure he's been tested. But just out a matter of courtesy, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. Well, I, te- I text Anthony Clarkson after the game, um, mainly to berate him about his left foot kick from the in-goal area that was absolutely shocking. But I also said, mate, get yourself straight down to be tested for COVID because he's just, uh, no, no, no. <coughs> he's not even covering his mouth. He's not even <laughs> no. covering his mouth. No, mate. mate it, it was it was mental and I, do, I don't want to stereotype, but I'm going to say it. Mate, so French. So like, French. It, genuinely. I'm flabbergasted. It's almost like... Blase like, about sh- it. Yeah, surely there'd be a thing in you thinking, I've got to stop coughing here or I've got to kind of say something to the touch judges all kind of make reference to the fact that I'm coughing so everyone knows that I know that I'm coughing <laughs> or do the thing where you cough into your, into your, your elbow crease. No, 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 no. It was brutal at times. It really was to watch it unfold. What do you think, Goody? Should they brought him off or not? I think, I think they should have brought him off straight away or at halftime. It's one of them, like, you have to stop and at least, you hear your kid coughing, what do you say? Do you want some water, right? Beck, sort them out. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in my house, I'm like, do you, you know, do you want a glass of water? If I'm having a coughing fit, 
first thing I think of, I better get some water down me, try and soothe my throat, and then a throat sweet or whatever. Roman Poit, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's actually what it sounded. Genuinely, that that was like that's what it sounded like. But this is my point, not the fact that we think or he has or he hasn't got COVID. Obviously, the Castro game got called off against Leicester, but it's just more the absolute principle of it. It's just the the rightful thing to do, the respectful thing, the grown up thing to do would be like, mate, I can't stop coughing. I need to come off, like, because of the times that we live in. China. Just say that. Just say, I'm coming off. Roman, why you come off? <coughs> China. Just say it. And it's Mental. the fact that the, the, one of the big things, it's the fact that he never covered his mouth once, did he? I didn't see it once. And it, and it was uncontrollable. That yeah. They were the things. Anyway, hey, but bigger and better things happened this weekend. That's all I know. They did. Well, we'll get to that shortly, uh, but before that, Manscaped are uh, supporting us again this week, and they've just launched in the UK, so check them out if you haven't done already. They're the very best in men's below-the-waist grooming, so they couldn't be really a better fit for us. They're offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Have you guys tried it out yet? Mate, I have. Good, you tell them, mate. You tell them, you tell them how good it is. You tell them. I've shown you. I've sent you. Well, he has sent me a picture, Joe, and this is the worrying <laughs> thing. For all our <laughs> listeners out there, he sent me a a post-manscaped picture the other day of um, what can only be described as two of the smoothest... Blood test- vessels. No, just oh, say sorry. blood vessels. Just say blood vessels. I was going to say two of the smoothest veins. testicles I've seen, but it was, ve- it was veiny. It was veiny. Mate, but yeah. Mate, it's got an LED light that lights up grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. And after seeing the picture of Jim's post-manscaped trim, that is a decent bit of kit, isn't it, Jim? Mate, I've never seen, never seen the veins. I've never asked to. I didn't know you could. I didn't know there were that many. Mate, unbelievable. I'll be honest, they're smart in what they do because once you go once, you've got to keep going, mate. That is smart marketing, in my opinion, mate. Ridiculous. Just head to manscaped.com and you get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUGBYPOD. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and using the code RUGBYPOD. Your balls will thank you. Well, it came about six months later than expected, but European quarterfinal weekend didn't disappoint, did it, lads? It certainly didn't. How good. And I actually specifically enjoyed the French games that were, you could see fans. It looked semi-normal, didn't it? We got fans in the stadium. I think there was 5,000 each one, and it looked great. There was a bit of actually regular crowd noise as opposed to what they're playing through the TV at the minute, which they have to. But we'll get to it, the big one, ultimately. They're all big ones, but the biggest of big ones. Leinster's record's gone, and Jim, you called it on here a few weeks ago, didn't you? What did I say? Well, you said that Leinster would go unbeaten all season. So you back Leinster to beat Saracens. And no, 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 as Roman Poit says. It didn't happen. Saracens came to town and did a job, didn't they? I love how you couldn't bring yourself at the beginning of that sentence to say, Saracens have gone over there and done a job. Your line was, Leinster's undefeated record is gone. That's what you said. (laughs) Mate, you could have given it more than that. Mate, undefeated, 20 games undefeated. It's actually 25, Jim. Twenty. Well, there you go. I thought it was twenty. It's twenty-five. And you know what? I've worked it out while while I was over. And it's one of these light bulb moments. I'm over on the west coast of Scotland for the last few days. I'm swimming in open water. I'm a wild man, and I'm thinking, I'm deep here. I'm in deep water. I've put my head under. I'm not drowning, but I could have drowned. I'm like, that's been Saracens. My analogy. When I'm nearly drowning in the west coast of Scotland, I'm thinking about Saracens. I'm thinking they've been drowning. 
Leinster, you like this analogy, look, Leinster, they haven't even dipped their toe in water, mate. They don't know what it means to be drowning. Do you get it? See what I'm doing here? Like Saracens, have, no, you don't, no. Yeah, it's shit, Jim. I'll be honest, it's shit. Oh, but I, I, thought, I suppose, oh. my, from my point of view, the reason they were so good Saracens was they finally, finally got a world-class Scottish second row playing for them. Don't you mention his name. <laughs> mate. <laughs> mate, Swino, mate. how good was he? Do not mention his name in front of me. <laughs> All I'm seeing on social media is him cuddling my apprentice, Marrow, after the game. I'm like, Swino, mate, get get your subs top on. You got subbed off. <laughs> Don't. I'm, I'm hating it. Mate, well happy. Well happy for the lads. Uh, let's get into it. And I tweeted about it. It was a champion performance by a champion team. And they are still the champion Saracens of the Champions Cup. There's a lot of champion in that. But as a game, you know... The way they played, they were physical, their scrum dominated, and you know, you can look at all sorts of other games and compare it. But I think actually, you look at every time a big English team, whether it's England, whether it's Saracens, comes up against Ireland or Leinster, we bully them. You go back to a couple of years ago in the Six Nations when England went over to Dublin and smashed Ireland's pieces, then we've done it again in the Six Nations last year. Saracens have done it to Leinster in the final last year, bullied them physically. And then they've done it again this year when everyone, to a man, except for people that were related to Saracens, probably thought Leinster were big, big favourites. And Saracens, they've got that ability. You, you look at the team and, you know, you can talk about various things that went on in the game. And I know, you know, there's Irish people saying that they were beaten by the better team. They were. There's Irish people that are disappointed with Leinster's performance. It's all about Saracens and what they did. Their intensity, their physicality, the scrum, their ruthlessness. Even Alex Good, he scores that try. Duncan Taylor, where's he been for the last however long? He pulls on a Saracens shirt in a knockout game. He was unbelievable. Gets his hands free in the contact, gives it back to Alex Good. Alex Good, you know, steps in at 10. They've just got belief, haven't they? And I think Leinster have got that question mark over, can they cope with Saracens' physicality and intensity? Because that was, by the way, the last game they lost in the final last year. And when you add in a world-class Scottish second row to the mix in Swino, um, finally Saracens have got one. <laughs> you know, it was written written in the stars, wasn't it, Jim? I can't believe it. I'll be honest. I, I didn't think Saracens were going to win. But then when they did win and I watched the game, I could understand why a lot of that team felt that they could win. Like they, yeah. but they, like they haven't played that well. Mark McCall said after a few press conferences in the Prem, they've got nothing to play for. I spoke to Alex Good last week for Rugby Pass. He said it's been tough with everything that's going on with Owen and all that stuff. But they're big game players, right? You, you said it there. Like when they need to turn it on, they can they can turn it on, and they've done that consistently for years. And they've had the squad to do that. We know that. You look at the squad now and it looks very different in terms of the strength and depth. I mean, I wouldn't even be able to tell you all the players that are on the bench. Like, I wouldn't be able to sit here and reel the names off without having it in front of me and being like, oh yeah, he was on the bench. Um, I just thought they've, you know, they've been clearly emotionally building up for that game for weeks, right? And I think a large part of that, there was other narratives around it. It was Jackson Ray's 250th game for the club. Yeah, what a stalwart he is. Unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. Alex uh, Good obviously playing 10 and the stuff around Owen that's happened before. That kind of stuff generates uh, excitement within the Saracen team. Having been there before. And the other big thing about it is they're obviously playing in Dublin at the Aviva. There's no, there's no fans. So we've got we, no we fans. Know, and one of the best things that Saracen have always done when I was there and looking at how they 
go about their business, all this salary cap stuff, all the stuff to do with Owen, any drama that they've ever had, they always speak about the group and building energy and atmosphere and belief from within. They don't look outside. They're not looking for the fans to be giving them energy or whatever. And, um, mate, I mean, if any team was going to do it, it was it was Saracens. I thought, like you said, Goody, their scrum, Vincent Cockney, old Mohawk Duda, was unbelievable. And yeah. uh, you want your big games. He's a World Cup winner. So you talk about the players that they haven't got. It's the players that they have got is still world class. They were wicked. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? You look at it and, you know, I've I've berated Saracens when with the salary cap issue, you know, and rightly so. We've questioned Owen Farrell a couple of weeks ago because of his tackle. Ta- but I've always said, you go back over every podcast that's gone, when they're winning things and they're playing that way, we've always given them praise. So, you know, it was a Saracens-esque performance uh, with you know all the hallmarks of what they've done over the last four or five years um, with the ability of being able to rotate a big squad. Now they haven't got that ability, but they've still got those worldies that can go to the well and, and dominate a game and put in a performance like that against all the odds, really. Well, we can find out just how big a win that was and how tough it was at the Aviva because we've got the man of the match from Saracens quarterfinal win over Leinster on the line. Mike Rhodes joins us. How are you, mate? Yeah, good and you, bud. Rhodesy, mate, we're very, very good. Tell me. Mate, you look a little bit mate, you look a bit down and dumbest. We can talk about that because some news has come out <laughs> just as we're about to record. Uh but what I wanted to ask before I ask about the team is about you personally, not the man of the match, but just being back on the pitch, right? I know you've had a few injury problems with the old back. Uh, yeah. And, you know, th- there was whispers out there in the public domain whether or not you play again. Uh, you're obviously yeah. playing again and you're playing phenomenally well. So just personally, how happy are you to be back out on the pitch? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm over the moon. Uh, you, As you quite rightly said, there was a, a, a bit of time where I didn't know if I'd play again. Um, you know, the back was giving me a bit of issues. I guess one of the the pros of the corona sort of lockdown, it gave me some time to rest up. And um, yeah, I seem to have come back all right. It's obviously being managed quite a lot, but uh, you you would know about that, obviously, Jim. But um, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so far come out and it's not feeling too bad and uh, things are holding up. So yeah, I'm definitely enjoying playing again. Well, can I just ask you about your back? Is it a long-standing injury that basically was born out of the fact that you had to play with Jim Hamilton at Saracens a few years ago and he's weak 100%. as piss he's weak as piss pushing the scrum so you had to give it extra grunt which is why your back's now gone no I was good it comes down more to the fact that I had to do all his lineup jumps for him as I said <laughs> he couldn't jump so that's that's the problem Cameron but look Rosie <laughs> mate look at the line out of the weekend if it wasn't for me actually coaching you through and letting you get them them drills and their movements in. Mate, you would never have been flying like an eagle at the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, I learned from the best there, Jimbo. You're welcome. You're welcome. So in terms of performances and games and wins, you've been yeah. involved in a few, right? Just how big and how good one was that, putting everything into context around yourself personally, but everything the team's gone through over the last year? It was massive, to be honest. Um, obviously... Over the past couple of years, been lucky to be involved in a couple of big wins and, and you know a couple couple of finals. Um, but um, in a year where Saracens have sort of taken a couple of big hits, you know we've been playing effectively for for nothing really in the Premiership. And I think the vast majority of the public writing I saw in terms of our ability to beat Leinster away 
it was great. And, um, you know, it was sort of one of the better performances we've had in the last couple of weeks. And we really came together and things just really clicked for us as a, as a team. So it was amazing. And just looking at the game, obviously you end up with man of the match. It was a, a massive performance by you, both sides of the ball in, in attack and defence, big hits, carrying well. But there were quite some other performances, weren't there? Vincent Cock, good mate of yours. Yeah. Uh, he's won with his scrum seven penalties. Um, I'm sure he was knocking on the door saying, how the fuck have you won it when it should have been my, <laughs> me? Mara Toji was a massive performer as well, wasn't he? Alex Gude at 10. There were huge performances across the field. Um, do you get a bit of stick in the changing room for, for getting the Man of the Match award when there could have been so many others? Yeah, 100%. You know, there's nothing like your mates to actually try try hammer you for for, for getting a good achievement. So, <laughs> um, you know, Makovunapola definitely gave it to me the most, um, you know, even though he was walking around the field for most of the time. But, <laughs> um, yeah, as you, as you rightly said, um, a lot of lads really played outstandingly well. Um, and you've, you've mentioned a couple there. So, I think it could have gone to to a couple of lads, and um, yeah, for once, for once, it sort of swung my way. So I wasn't complaining when I heard my name called out. And then, Rosie, give us a bit of insight into the build-up uh, for the week. We obviously all know it was huge news around Owen's ban. I spoke to Goody last week actually for a feature that I did with Rugby Pass. But you mentioned people writing you off, right? And I was one of them. Obviously, I wanted Saracens to win. I'm a Saracens fan. Everything they've done for me, and you know, it goes without saying. I just jump on the the kind of champions bandwagon. But <laughs> ultimately, Leinster, 25 games unbeaten. It's in Dublin. You know, they they almost look unbeatable. I was at the final against Ulster, and it just it was easy for them. Like, give yeah. us some insight into the, the lead up in the week about what's been said about. You know, and I know you've got a semi-final and, and hopefully a final off the back of that. So I don't know how much you can give us, but just you know, give us a bit of insight into what Mark and the guys were saying. Yeah, look, we just tried to to focus on us, as you say. All all the focus in the media was on them, about them, how well they're playing, um, having not lost a game in whatever it was, twenty-five games. Um, even since uh, we've come back from lockdown, we hadn't played particularly well. Um, so that was all the noise that was going around. We decided, you know, we'll just uh, sort of focus on us, um, you know, put all our effort into into what we do best. And, um, you know, it's, I suppose also going up there as, as the underdogs doesn't hurt either. So, um, you know, there's just a, a great energy throughout the week. And I think emotionally everyone was was there. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of players that... Might might be leaving at the end of the season, and you always want to send them off well. It was Jacko's 250th game, so there are a lot of there are a lot of big emotional um, sort of uh, points to to gear us up. None, I mean, obviously goes without saying, playing in a quarterfinal for Europe away against Leinster. You know, if you're not geared up for that, there's something wrong with you. But it just felt like a really good week of preparation uh, going into it. And how was the night? Obviously, did you fly straight back or did you stay over in Dublin? I know Dublin's on a bit of a lockdown, so you couldn't even get to Copperface Jacks to sink, <laughs> sink, sink a few Guinness and Blacks. But were there a few celebratory beers? Yeah, there were. Obviously, we, yeah, we shot straight back. to get We, we, we sort of were, were in our own bubble throughout the whole two days we were there. Um, but yeah, we definitely had a couple of beers on the plane on the way back. And, uh, you know, obviously, the, the change was ecstatic after the win like that. So, um uh, nothing, uh, nothing too hectic uh, with the semi coming up, but uh, a couple stellars sliding down there. And were you in the middle shirt off singing the Tiki Tiki Tonga? Yeah, I was. You know, um, got the got the horrible rigs out in the middle there, and a uh, <laughs> couple of us, Jacko included, with his sloppy rig, and we we all we all got in there singing the song. Who else was in there? 
Um, we have myself, Jacko, uh, Swino. No, yes. no, no, Swino. no, no, Swino, what a legend. No, we're not mentioning him, Rosie. We're not mentioning him, mate. Hey, a of yours, Jimbo. Well, I don't know if you heard, but at the, uh, the World Cup of 2015, I got dropped for Swino. If I was on, I would have called a two-step lob at the front and we would have won the game and probably gone to the final. You can anyway, let it go, Jim. Let it go, Jim. I'll bring it up to him tomorrow. Please tell him. Please tell him, mate. Um, yeah. I thought he was going to retire. But that brings me on, I suppose, in, in, into some of the changes at the club. And again, I was there when everything was phenomenal. We basically had... Um, what was perceived as the best players in the world, just rubbing shoulders in the gym, <laughs> picking up the seven half K dumbbells. <laughs> we were just doing our thing. The team looks very different now, right? And it, yeah. it really does. You, you have to look at the bench. You only have to look at Swino. I'm not being horrible in the second row. I'm not going to be. Hey, Swino started. Just get it right, Jim. Swino started. I know he did. The best Scottish be second row to ever play for Saracens. To be fair, exactly. he, did, he did very well. But how weird is it, Rosie, uh, within the team now? And how much has that kind of brotherhood had to kind of pull together in terms of everything that's happened, because it isn't just COVID, it isn't just the Owen incident that happened obviously the other week, the glaringly obvious one, and we are going back a while now around the salary cap stuff, but it's also the loss of players. You know, Lazowski, yeah. Benel's carving up in Bristol, you know, Big yeah. Big Big Will's over in La Rochelle. Um, Nicky Zickwee's gone. To exactly. Mate, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's ridiculous, isn't it, the amount of players now that, that, that aren't there that were. So how much have you yeah. guys had to pull together in the face of adversity? Yeah, yeah, we've had a lot of uh, chats about that within the players. Obviously, knowing that we would have to, we would have to do exactly that, pull together, um, you know, sort of focus exactly what's going on in the club and and try to block out all the noise. Um, you know, you can look at however we've been perceived by the public after all that's gone on, but um, we we sort of always believed in ourselves and believed in what we could achieve. So we've had to lean on that now, and it showed on the weekend. Um, Obviously, some new faces lost a couple, a couple players that um, you know give us a lot of depth. But as you've seen, you know, unbelievable stars like Tim Swinson and Alec Cleary, that, like and a couple of others. It's not that I kind of mention them, but they've they've come in and they've really sort of grabbed the opportunity and um, stepped into the role and 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 fitted into the team and um, done exceptionally well. So you know what it's like. It's always been a, a tight tight group of mates um, there, and we we always try, you know make sure we perform for each other and um that's that's sort of what we're kicking on with and we're recording this now and we've just heard the breaking news that i don't want to bring some bad news to the scenario but obviously you, you know about you've been cited um yeah for the for the incident with robbie henshaw can you just i haven't even seen it like i i watch things like a hawk and i, I couldn't even see it can you just give us a bit of insight into what you've been cited for i mean it's it seems, yeah, well, seems negligible really yeah it came to as a bit of a shock to me it was there wasn't sort of a particular incident in the game between him and I. But um, so there's a clash of heads and a breakdown. Um, and yeah, we, we are viewing the footage and stuff this evening just before I jumped on with you guys. So yeah, look, you both know as well as I do, I can't really say anything when it comes to that side of things um, until I'm like you guys retiring and uh, sit on the couch and then I can say what I'd like. <laughs> oh, we do but, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I um, we'll see what happens. Um, of course, from our point of view, I don't think there's anything in it, but uh, we'll see how it pans out, and um, you know, hopefully, 
hopefully I can still play in the semi-final. Yeah, absolutely. Off the back of that, Rosie, as well, and your performance at the weekend, uh, we always talk about this and we talk about international, we talk about England. There was a, a real opportunity for you. I can't think, was it a couple of years ago? I mean, I've lost track of bloody time and months not so long ago where yeah. your name was thrown into the mix. I know you were thinking about, obviously, swearing your allegiance to the 25 grand, I mean, to the English road. Um, Only I mean, 17 now. Uh, he knows, well, he knows. <laughs> oh, it's gone down, it's gone down. It's gone, maybe forget it then and try and find a, Scot- a, a Scottish dog or just team up with Swinnow and you play for Scotland. But um, have you even thought about anything like that? Has there been any chat about international? Are you disappointed that that never happened? Or, you know, it might still happen if you keep playing the way you are. Yeah, there, there hasn't been any any more chats uh, from anyone from England. Um, you know, of course, I was disappointed when I didn't get a chance to play. Um, I was of course, like anyone looking forward to, to testing myself for, you know, international arena. So, um, yeah, as I said, there, there's, unfortunately for me, it's pretty quiet on that front. But if the opportunity ever came up, obviously I would once again, you know, jump at the chance to play international rugby. So, um, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I need a couple more man of the matches to, to, get, to get noticed there. Oh, mate, I'm there at the weekend, so I'll give you it, mate. Oh, That's cheers, fine. boy. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's interesting, actually. You look at this weekend's four quarterfinals, and three of the Man of the Match awards go- went to boys that are born and bred in South Africa. So Cheslin Colby, yeah. uh, Jacques, Jacques Vermeulen, and your good self, Michael. So there must be something yeah. in it. South Africans coming over to England are uh, pretty good, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I suppose uh, Ches is a bit slightly more dynamic than I am but um, <laughs> yeah no, it's, it's good to see the South African boys doing well over here uh, Rosie uh, what's the future look like for you in terms of next year are you going to I don't know even know who's in the champ I mean is Cor- Cornish Pirates still there you're going to track down there <laughs> for, for a night and stuff I mean what's what's in it f- for you the, the future so I'm, I'm still here for, for next season so yeah we'll be going to all sorts of uh, weird and wonderful places I've never been before and uh yeah, look forward to it. I mean, it'll be something different, you know, a chance for a lot of the younger players to, to come in and get experience. And, uh, you know, old old boys like myself can, uh, you know, get 20 minutes on the bench and then uh, go, go have a pint in the change room. So hopefully it'll be a good a good chance for a team to build and, and get ready for hopefully uh, going back into the Prem the following season. After playing for the Sharks in South Africa with you when you were coming through, yeah. my first game back in England was Plymouth away in the championship because I signed for Worcester and they got relegated. I'm telling you now, it's a horrible, horrible, horrible <laughs> place to go. Some of those places you're going to go. So you're right. Make sure, there's be- make sure there's beers in the changing room. That's all you need to get through the experience. Yeah, I heard we've got a couple of boys that have been there. So they, they're giving me all the advice uh, we need. It it's mostly evolves around having enough beer. So that's quite right. Or gin. Let's just talk a little bit about that. Hey, what a segue. What a segue. Yeah. Great segue. Like Smart man. <laughs> Smart Rosie. Just give us a bit of insight into that. I know there's a bit of momentum uh, building around this business that you're building away from rugby. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, Jim, we started a gin company going on two years ago called Finds Master Gin. Yeah, things have been going well. Of course, uh, like everyone else, COVID had uh, quite, a, quite an effect on it. Um, you know, all the pubs and whatnot getting shut down. Not too many... People are drinking, but uh, we've managed to weather the storm a bit and, um, yeah, starting to get going again. So, um, you know, it was a fr- myself and a friend of mine from back in South Africa that used to play for your old, your old team, uh, Leicester, um, Pat Saliers. So hopefully hopefully things will turn around a bit now that things are opening up um, and uh, we can get things back on the back on the road. I'm telling you now, the Fines Master Gym with an elderflower tonic is absolutely delicious. Oh, cheers, goody. I love that, mate. 
So, Rosie, if the millions, if you want to sell a million bottles off the back of this, right, which could well happen, um, where do they find the gin? Where do they find um, the best gin in the land? Yeah, well, you can go to finesmaster.com or uh, Masters of Malt. Um, we are in a couple um, uh, our retail outlets. Um, so, more of the boutique ones, uh, not, not, not none of your Sainsbury's and things, but we're in a, about 180 outlets in, in London. So, um, yeah, probably go down to 7-Eleven. You might find it down there. And, um, yeah, grab a bottle and su- support some struggling rugby players. Well, Rosie, you're not struggling because you just got man the match. You're into a Heineken Champions Cup semi-final this weekend against Racing. The Playboys from Paris. Um, it's going to be a big week, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be massive. You know, it'll be a, a completely different challenge. Um Massive forward pack, a uh, couple of explosive backs um, in, the, in the back line that can strike from anywhere. So it will be a different challenge um, playing on their home patch. So, yeah, that's something we looked at um, again today and we'll have to, you know, gear up physically and emotionally for There's some big boys running around the corner there. So we'll have to throw ourselves into that. Well, Rosie, you're going to have a busy week if you're not playing for obvious reasons off the back of your I was yeah. going to say court case of your hearing <laughs> Tim, mate, why are you being horrible mate I'm just going to say he's going to be packing millions of pa- millions of pounds worth of uh, the gin so either way it's a busy <laughs> week for you Rosie lined up mate which I'm pumped about yeah and one of the things that came out last week I know uh, Owen Farrell didn't play but he played a big part in the preparation and every club does it they'll pinpoint a, a star player for the opposition Owen Farrell acted as Johnny Sexton around training has Owen Farrell got the the skill set to act like Finn Russell this week in training uh, pulling out all Finn's tricks <laughs> like the through the legs kicks and all that stuff is he going for that role again um i'm sure he will do yeah i'm sure he'll he had a as you said he had a massive um impact on our preparation last week and um i'm sure he'll be throwing all sorts of balls out of everywhere um trying to reenact finn russell as you said they they play a massive part in prepping especially having a guy like going foul running against you he can really test you in the way that you know johnny sexton or finn russell he knows how they play he's played against them internationally and at club level so, um, you know, so having someone like that's um, very, very valuable. All right, Mike. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and best of luck for your hearing and best of luck for the rest of the Champions Cup. Cheers, mate. I appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Rosie. Well done. Cheers, Jim says, can you say hello to Owen for him as well, please? And Swinner. <laughs> and Swinner, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers, Rosie. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, pal. Top bloke. Top lad. Top bloke. Mate, Saracens, are you sure? Are you sure? Mate, I played with him before know, you did, Jim. I know. Hey, look he's at him. Of, <laughs> he's, one <of> my, <laughs> he's one of my Sharks teammates. Um, no, he was, uh, he's, mate, he was a good boy. He looked after me. Took, took me out on a few nights out in Durban back in the day. Uh, him, Alistair Hargreaves, Pat Sillias were there. They were the young pops coming through. Um, he's hard though, isn't he? Like proper goes and bangs boys. Oh, mate, he's, I tell you what, the big thing, and that's why I brought it up first, because I know how tough it's been for him to get back from injury um there was a lot of talk of him not being able to play again so from a personal point of view I'm well happy for him because hey firstly I know what it's like to have a buggered back but also to be able to carry on playing at that level when there's talk of you retiring your prime and we've obviously had friends we've seen players you know Jack Clifford being the obvious one Will Hurrell recently it's great for Rosie to be back playing and uh and winning for sure and it wasn't just him as well, like Swino, I thought, Swino, mate, Swino, it was definitely him. No, nah, no, nah. I was going to talk about like Alex Lewington and Brad Barrett. I mean, there was Swino, a, and right, all right, Swino, all right, <laughs> yeah, he said and it. Swino, and Swino, I said it, I said it. He was there, he was a body. Um, but there was so much going into that game for a lot of players, and uh, you know, obviously, Rhodey, I'm happy for 
Jackson Ray 250. But another one is Brad Barrett. That that could have been his last game. How good? That bloke is phenomenal. Like he was the focal point of getting over the gain line a lot of the time, wasn't he? Like early on, bang, gets five, 10 yards over the gain line, which is all about what Saracens do. They didn't try and complicate things. And I know we've always said it about Brad. He's durable. He's a great leader. And you know him better than anyone. He, so, he can still go. And he's, you know, his body is going to be a bit sore from all the bashes that he's dished out and taken himself. He can still go again, I reckon. Would you want to, though? Do you, how long do you want to keep going for like that? That's I don't know. The, that's the, hey, well, you're a long time retired. You are a long time retired, aren't you? You are, you know, As we know. And But there is that that effect of being able to retire on your own terms when you can still run around or go in a bit too far and you're absolutely fucked. Or you can just come back for the yeah. chief, 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 chief turns. But mate, Saracens, you think of everything that they've been through. Like, you know, Leinster, it's been, I would say all the games that I've seen Leinster play, bar one against Munster at the start of the, uh, the restart of the season, they're the only team that have made it slightly uncomfortable for Leinster, who probably didn't need to get out of third or fourth gear. Yeah. But hey, we are Saracens uh, and we're going to win it, mate. We're going to win thought, it. I thought you were hashtag always Edinburgh. No, man, they, got the by, they, they got beat by Boar Poo at the weekend. There's no <laughs> chance. <laughs> no, but you, let's talk about Leinster then, because it's true, you know, they've gone through and blitzed the, the Pro 14 this year. And, yeah, we have this yearly debate, don't we? When it comes to knockout stages, you know, what what's the best league? Is it the Gallagher Premiership? Is it the Guinness Pro 14? Is it the top 14 in France? They're all different leagues for different reasons, right? But Leinster, and you said it yourself, have they really been tested throughout the year? You get to a quarterfinal knockout game and here comes Saracens, the big boys, the power game. When you haven't been tested that physically, I don't think, by a big team, then you come to a knockout game with all the pressure on I'm not saying they folded, but they just they made errors, didn't they? Because of the Saracens pressure that was put on them. You look at all the quarterfinals this weekend, there were five Guinness Pro 14 teams in the quarterfinals. All five of them lost. That's yeah. been horrible. Well, it's not. It's truthful, mate. It's facts. Oh, it's truth. Yeah, it's true. facts. Yeah, true. You um, can't handle the truth. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not, I am bagging the, the Pro 14. And it's, it's because, you know, these, the players get rotated and the internationals don't necessarily play in it that much that, you know, up until this year, pre-Saracens getting relegated, every English team has to scrap for their lives. Every French team has to scrap for their lives in games that you're either trying to get in the top six, you're trying to get in the top four, you're trying to stay up, not get in that relegation battle. And it's it's an argument that comes up every year. What's the better league? You know, who's it made for in terms of playing in Europe? And you know, I'm not one for jumping on the bandwagon just because the English and French teams are the only teams in the semi-finals now, but I am. Um English and the French League is the best league, but the French League's terrible. What am I on? It's about? awful. It is absolutely <laughs> awful. Well, mate, you know the pro, it's, it's interesting about the Pro 14, but you think like last week, Leinster were in a final, and you know how tough it is to back up a final on a final. Saracens yeah. have been building for this game for weeks. Yeah, true. You know, Leinster have had big game after big game. You know, whereas Saracens have had weeks to build up to this game. I'm just, mate, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just trying to stick up for the Pro 14. All the talk was about Propgate going into the Exeter Northampton game. What do you guys make of all that, and also the game itself? Well, the first question ridiculous. Rules is rules, laws is laws, and all that. I just, I don't know. I just, I don't get how something so big can cause such a big problem like for me it's an easy fix I think in terms of being able to bring people players in off loan 
whatever. But the scrum, and this is the thing, there's a big debate around why can't tight heads play loose heads. I'm not going to get into that. Why can't hookers play loose head and tight? They're specialist positions, right? But it's also the most dangerous position, being in the front row on the pitch. Um, you can't just bring academy lads in to, to, to kind of fill that void, which you could arguably do on the flank or in any other position. You could put a player in to fill. You could play a second row in, a, in the back row. You could play a back row, arguably, in the second row. But I'm telling you what, Manny Iogan was unbelievable in his performance. After the build, you know, he would have felt the pressure as well in the lead-up to that. So, yeah, he was good, mate. He was, you know, a hell of a performance from a youngster. When you've transitioned from number eight as well, uh, I think he went up against Coley last week as well for Leicester. Um, went all right there. But you, you need depth, right? You So you need to be able to bring someone in. And it, it just it was just bizarre that ERC rugby just took so long to let them do it. It's not like Chris Boyd was trying to pull the wool over their eyes and bring in Tendai M. Tawira or, you know, an absolute worldie. They're just trying to get anyone that could safely play loose head prop. And I go back to a game. I'll never forget this. I go back to a game. I played Leinster uh, away for Leicester early on in my career. Darren Garforth was injured. I can't remember who was our backup tight head. He was injured as well. And it was literally looking around. Derek Jelly and Graham Roundtree were our two loose head props. Oh, my jellyfish. Yeah. And and Wig, who, you know, we all know Wig's career. He was a phenomenal player for England, for Leicester, British and Irish Lions. He was like, fuck it, I'll give it a go. And he moved over to tight head prop against Leinster in a European Cup game. And it was a Friday night at Donnybrook. You know, the masses were baying for blood because Leicester were in town. I think we were champions at the time. No doubt. Um, and then first scrum, and I know Graham Rountree listens to the podcast, so I don't know whether this will embarrass him or he'll just go, yeah, it happened. I'll never forget as a fly-off seeing Graham Rountree, British and Irish Lion, loose head prop, playing tight head. He's lifted about seven foot in the air by the Leinster scrum because it's a whole different ball game. And I'm like, fucking hell, if he's getting done, like we're going to struggle tonight. So it's clear, even back in the day, and that was like 1984 when that game was going on, back in the day it was a very difficult thing to do. And now it's, players are bigger, stronger, more technical, I think. And scrums are a real place where you know injuries, as we know with people, can, can be very serious and safety has to be paramount. We grabbed me last week. Did he? Said two things and then, and then hung up. First thing he said, loving the podcast yeah second thing he said lions all eyes are on you and then he hung up (laughs) (laughs) well we can have a chat now with the man of the match from that game as well now exeter's jacques vermulen joins us how are you mate i'm good thanks for yourself mate we're very good uh jacques uh what we're chatting to rosie as well and obviously watching cheslin colby carve up the rugby field at the weekend what is it with you south african lads you just mate it's your it's your time yeah, no, um, I think uh, the South Africans are doing well in the Premiership at the moment and all over in Europe as well. So I think um, with the boys winning the World Cup, I think it's just everyone has to make a step up if you want to like reach that level. So you have to be on your best every weekend if you want to make get into that setup. Well, let's talk about it. Then you, you say you got to be on your best every weekend. Um, let's be pretty honest. You were at your best yesterday, uh, scoring absolute worldy of a try smashing people carrying big phenomenal performance how sore's the body today because you're looking all right you've got your your gym vest on you've probably been pumping the iron again today have you no i've actually been just relaxing today we had an off day so that's quite like um just to get our recovery in um i think this weekend is going to be important to get your recovery in because it's obviously a short turnaround you're playing on saturday so today was just all about recovery went into the club did some ice baths and stuff so that's 
Ja, just to fix the body and uh, look after everything um, yeah, for the weekend. I just want to go back and just find out how you ended up at Exeter because I know that they're very diligent. Uh, they're very particular on who they bring to the club, performances on the yeah. pitch, but also their character off the pitch. So how did that all come about? I've got, you know, I met with Stuart Hogg and Johnny Gray and I know they went through, I'd almost say, you're not animals, but a vetting process to get them there. Yeah, no, it's actually like... Um... I actually had a few interviews. It's almost like an interview when um, Rob, so Rob Baxter called me up. Um, it actually happened quickly. Um, uh, I was busy resigning with my old club back in South Africa and um, he called me up and he was like, listen, we're interested in to bring it over here. But um, he basically had an interview with me and he said to me like, listen, yeah, we, um, our club environment is not like any other club. He asked me a few questions that involves a few um, questions that um, obviously that fits the club's um, profile and at the end he decided you know, to sign me and I was really happy because like obviously it's a very good team um, I watched him on t- obviously on telly back home can I just check did you just call him Sir Rob Baxter is that what he's known as down in, in Devon because he, he should be because he's a legend right I, I think I read somewhere today he was called uh, Sir Back- uh, Rob Baxter but uh, someone's called him in the media Sir, Sir Rob Baxter <laughs> oh mate let's let's try and get Sir Rob to stick then shall we mate we should and we should ask as well so that some of the questions that come in is one of the main questions he asks you what your choice of drink is um, when you arrive or is it just a, a case of what you like to do in your spare time because they're big on that the culture at Exeter and probably yeah. chat a little bit about that is, is uh, well thought of and it's kind of a little bit of a, a mystery I speak to Hoggy and, and Johnny and they don't give me much insight you just hear rumours but how have you found settling into Exeter how does it compare to the beaches and the sharks of Durban well obviously winter time is quite um, tough back home I was in a tropic obviously in tropic conditions and um, well in Durban it was all year round it was nice hot could, could, on a Sunday when it's winter after a game you could pop down to the beach and just chill uh, but yeah, no, life here is, is wonderful. Um, Exeter is a lovely city. It has its like it has its beaches. Um, it's a lot of stuff to do around. It's nice golf courses. I love to play some golf here. Um, obviously, the boys, some of the boys uh, like some uh, duck shooting and stuff. So, still waiting for Johnny Hill to take us out for to go shoot some ducks. But yeah, no, it's wonderful. Like uh, life here, just it's it's actually it's good. It's good people. It's down to earth people here down here, and that's what I'm used to back home. So, yeah, the people made it easy, the club and the players as well. Everyone's just amazing. Like, all the boys are so inviting. And you just mentioned Johnny Hill then. Can we just talk about his current setup? Because his beard looks horrendous, doesn't it? Has he been getting some stick about that at the club or what? Hell of a player. <laughs> hell of a reach for the try yesterday. But his beard looks horrors. Yeah, no, I think he's trying to pull something out of the Omnish there or something. I don't know what he's trying to do. But it's. I think it just has to get to give him some time, so two more months or something to grow it out. I'm not, I don't know what he's trying to do. Is it serious or not? Is he taking the piss or is it serious? <laughs> no, I think it's serious. I think it's serious. I think it's serious. <laughs> oh, bless him. Um, so Exeter, right? They've been at the top of the game for a long time. Europe's been a tough one for, for you guys as a team. Um, that's the next evolution. It's something that we've spoken about over the last couple of years as well, is is how far you guys can go in Europe, having done so well in the Premiership. Is there that inner pressure? Is, is Sir Rob putting that pressure on you guys to go out there and actually do something in Europe this year? I think, um, obviously, every club wants to win trophies. and I think that is um, a given. Um, I just think this year is just pressure on ourselves because, like, we as players say to us in the squad, in the squad that is not involved with the coaches that we owe ourselves and the coaches and the people of Exeter um, or all the Exeter chief supporters, we owe ourselves, like say, to win cups this year. 
And I think that just puts extra pressure on you to perform as well. This weekend coming up is a big one. And I think it's a semi-final. So if you don't feel under pressure, if you don't feel nervous or whatever for a semi-final, I don't think you belong in this team so or in any team. So I think a semi-final just puts it out. Like it just, you have to get up for a semi-final. I think it's big. And if you want to win trophies, you have to turn up on the day. And obviously playing the semi-final against Toulouse, they had a big performance on Sunday as well against Ulster. A fellow South African, Cheslin Colby, absolutely tore it up. Um, how the hell are you going to stop him? Because I just reckon sometimes he's not defendable. Do you just put four men on him straight away? Is it all about the inside defender? Have you talked about it this week already? No, actually I haven't been into the club. So, um, but yeah, no, I think we have world-class wings, um, guys that can defend him. Um, so like we have a guy like Jack Knoll, we've got a guy like Tom Flaherty, um, who, who, whoever gets selected, like everyone has to, has to make their tackles. He's obviously he's very like he's a very good stepper. Um, we saw it in the World Cup. We saw now um, in the quarterfinals. So yeah, I know. I think if you've got him in front of you, you have to be on your toes. <laughs> Can't be on your heels. <laughs> I'd probably be on my hands on my head if I was playing against him. <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, he's one of my favourite players. But one of the other things as well, and quite interested to chat to you about this especially with the way that you guys play at Exeter and have done for a long time, but against the bigger teams, like obviously Toulouse at the weekend, but your Rassins and Clermont, who probably play a similar style in terms of quite set-piece, dominant, um, you know, the pick-and-go game that you like, guys like to do. There's a few layers that have been added into the Exeter team. Obviously, Hoggy has, has come to the club at 15. There is more kicking that you guys are doing. You've added more layers to the attack. Is that something consciously that's been done to evolve or has that just been a kind of natural thing with guys like Slady, more experienced now, and guys like Hoggy in the team? Obviously, they bring a lot of X-factor to the team. Guys like Hoggy, um, Slady, Nolsey, all the boys in the back line can step run with the ball. I just think it's... Um, they give us a game plan, but whatever you do in that game plan and do outside it, I think you must just back yourself um, and do it 100%. I think, obviously, in the first half, like if you look back at this boss game, like in the first half, I think like we were playing a bit in, in ourselves, like we weren't like expressing ourselves. And I just think like over the years, they've been, been evolving this game plan so that you can obviously express yourself within the game plan. It's my first year, so also, <laughs> I'm still learning as well. So we have the players that can obviously express themselves. So, yeah. And you mentioned one of the players there, Henry Slade, um, who uh, I'm, I've got a bit of a man crush on, I'll be honest, until we had a few of the Exeter boys on. He's a wonderfully good-looking boy. He's a fantastic rugby player. But some of the Exeter boys that have come on our podcast have said he's got horrendous breath. Um, is, that tr- <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that true? Or can you enlighten us? Has he brushed his teeth yet? Uh, has he sorted uh, it out? I, I don't go that close to him, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I think his breath is perfect. He's my teammates have fun. Mate, and it's, up like that. Mate, it's Henry Slade. We only say that because the guy is obviously sponsored by Porsche. He's got these uh, six-figure deals flying around. He looks amazing. So there's got to be some. It was actually Johnny Hill. And if a man with a beard like that is talking about breath, then it's got to be bad. That's all I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> One of the questions Jim always asks on the pod to every extra player that comes on uh, is about the initiation. Uh, as you just said, it's your first year here. Can you give us a bit of insight into the initiation? Because we hear all sorts of wonderful stories. There's a, no one tells us. Look, shaking his head already. Mate, no one tells us. There's a no, smile on his face. It's myth. No, we don't have so. We, we have no such thing as in, in, initiation at our club. Did it involve like a Mars bear? No, it doesn't. There's nothing like that. <laughs> mate, Sharks okay. has been pre- mate. He's been prepped. He's been prepped before. Do not talk about initiation with these guys. He's a great politician. <laughs> great politician. 
Yeah, no, no, no comment. Uh, there we go. And obviously, your background playing at the Sharks as well in South Africa. Um, you played South African under twenties. Um, obviously, your allegiance is with South Africa. Are you seeing that as a as a long term goal to play for the Springboks. Um, obviously, we've got the next summer. We've got the Lions, British and Irish Lions, going over there. Would you love to be involved in that? Yeah, I think it's uh, every um, boy's dream to play for their country. Um, it's a dream for me to play for the Springboks one day if I can. I think there's obviously still a lot of work to do and a lot of games to get under uh, under my belt just to build my experience to actually, if I get that opportunity one day, hopefully, um, you know, to take the next step. But, you know, definitely I would love to be involved against the British and Irish Lions. Um, I think I read the other day, I think Peter Stepp the toy said that it's almost bigger than the World Cup to play against um, the British and Irish Lions. And, yeah, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's any boy's dream to play against them. Um, it's obviously, it's massive. Every, everyone, the whole world's eyes is on, on that game. So yeah, now I'll be working hard with um, all the coaches down here. So hopefully they can get me on that level to make that next step. Jacques, that's what I'm doing at the minute. I don't know if you know, but, I'm, but I've dusted the boots back off playing for the Curry Chieftains up in Scotland. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's interaction that I could be playing. If you're playing for South Africa, I could be playing against you, mate. I could, I mean... <laughs> Ferguson Irish Lions. Yeah, you you, Jimmy's you laughing at you. No, he's not. He's, he knows it's serious business. So, yeah, yeah. it could be a match made in heaven. Um, I'm not too yeah, sure yeah. that I'd tackle you. I'd probably more, have more chance of ch- tackling Cheston Colby, I'll be honest. But nonetheless, I could be there. Yeah. If Victor Methel could do it, you could do it. Oh, geez, he's not in that level. He's not on the well, same level. mate, Jacques knows, mate. He knows. He knows. Uh, just quickly, Jacques, before you go, who was your club in Durban? I, I asked that because I played in Durban for a season when I was younger for DHS old boys. You fucking beauties! Um, you, you get based um, at a rugby club. So, yeah, I was at a man's in touch, but I never get, got to play for the like, rugby club. Obviously, I was at the Sharks, but like, you know, luckily I had no injuries in my three years there that I had to go play some kind of rugby. Hey, Jim, that's the difference, right? Me and Jacques just played Super Rugby, yeah? You just um, played the club stuff. So, you know, proper athletes, proper players. And Jim, yourself, you, you were a youngster. You were a lighty trying to make it, weren't you, Jim? Stars aligned, mate. Stars aligned. Jim versus Jacques, mate, this time next year. Is it this time next year? Yeah, it could be, yeah. All right, Jack. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show, mate. Best of luck winning that silverware that you guys are chasing with Exeter. And, of course, uh, hopefully we'll see you up against the Lions, maybe, maybe next year. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for coming Cheers, on, buddy. Cheers, boys. Good bloke. Good bloke. Good bloke. Mate, forget the bloke. Tell the player that. My I mean, goodness me. He's hard as well, isn't he? I'll tell you what. I'm easily converted, right? And I also like to piggyback the camels. Nay! Um, <laughs> and with our guests, that guy is a monster, mate. Yeah. In, in all the good senses that I mean when I say that. And I love South African players. I love the way they play. We're very similar in terms of how we go about our business. <laughs> carry, just all that aggression, mate. You're laughing, mate. It's just all that aggression. He's just, he's just compared you, lot. mate. He's just compared you to Victor Matfield. Of course. He must That's, be deluded. He must be deluded. Uh, mate, he knows. He knows, mate. He's, he's a young lad coming through. He knows what's what. And that's why I asked about the recruitment, right? Because they do handpick. So they've got Yanis Kirsten there. They've got Hoggy. They've signed Johnny Gray. I hope I'm not missing any of their signings out, but they don't sign many players. Uh, and when they do, my wordy, they're good and he's quality. Yeah, he is. I reckon he's got a sniffers. You keep playing that way, there's no way that... There's no rugby going on in South Africa at the minute. And they are starting to bring it back. I know there's a competition starting in, in a couple of weeks' time and there's a Springbok trial game as well and all this stuff. But if you're playing like that in top-level competition as 
uh, as Jacques is, mate, he's going to be knocking on the door come Lions time, I reckon. It was always a tough ask for Ulster, but uh, Toulouse really ran away with it in the end, didn't they? Mate, Cooney scored, mate. End that's off. All we, that's, all, that's all that matters, right? Mate, doesn't matter. He was on the wing. His hair was on point. Um, let the dust settle a little bit, not on his hair, on my hair, but let the dust settle. We'll get our Celtic correspondent back on, mate. Yeah, mate, Ulster always going to struggle. Don't want to be horrible, but well, there's yeah. A couple of th- there's a couple of things on it, really. So, uh, Jim, you, you, you know, you've watched them in the final last week. Uh, we talked about a few things previously with their semi-final win over hashtag Always Edinburgh. They go with a six-two bench, right? And you mentioned it on the pod. And Jim, you're a wise man. You're a wise, wise man. What did you I m- say? You mentioned a few weeks ago Billy Burns was struggling with a few knocks when you're doing your your work for Premier Sports TV. Lo yeah. and behold, Billy Burns goes off after 15 minutes. But Ulster have gone for a six-two bench, so they've got. Matt Fadez on the bench, right? No, Madigan. Madigan wins them a semi a couple of weeks ago, but because they've gone for the 6-2 split, Mads doesn't make the bench. I I, presu- I just presumed he was injured. No, 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 Jim. No, no. No. And then, you know, there's a few turning points. Obviously, that one, Billy Burns is your starting 10. You know, Fadez comes on and all due respect, you know, you'd want Madigan to come on for Billy Burns, but you've, you've gone with a selection, a 6-2 bench that doesn't suit, so that's gone against them. But... First half, they were battling. Toulouse were on top. Things weren't necessarily clicking all the way. But that try just before half-time um, by Cheslin Colby when he's, he's stepped stock horse about six times. Well, he hasn't. He's just done him once. But, oh, my step. That was a big turning point. So you're 8-3 down with a minute and 30 left on the clock just before half-time. And, obviously, Cheslin Colby does what Cheslin Colby does, skins someone. So you go in 15-3 down at half-time. And then 10 minutes after half-time, uh, Sofian Gitun breaks through a Fadez tackle. His pants fall down. His horse is nearly coming out. Oh, he's nice. running. Mate, he's running. It's a smooth bum as well, I reckon. But he's running along as fast. Trying to, still trying to pull his shorts up. Pulls his shorts up. Leave him down. Uh, mate, just leave him down and run. And then he puts DuPont away for a try. And that was game over then, wasn't it? Um, so also we're in the fight. But you concede a, a try in the championship minutes, as they're called, Jim, just before half time. Um, and that was the difference, really. I love how you're, you've gone into loads of detail about the, the half-time Cheslin Colby's step. All I'm doing is pausing when Cheslin Colby's going through on camera angle three, four, or ten, or whichever one it is, on on Stockdale the horse's hair. Mate, he's... Gone. gone. He's obviously bold. <laughs> Mate, he's thinning. <laughs> he's thinning. He needs sons. I'm, literally, so I'm not even looking at what minute it's in. I'm not thinking about the championship points. I'm thinking... The man's, going, the man's going bold. Um, anyway, yeah, too far for Ulster. I don't know. I don't think Toulouse are that good. I don't, I don't know why I'm saying... They've got a couple... Not a couple. They've got some very good players. Obviously, DuPont's one of the best nines in the world. Obviously, Cheslin Colby, for me, is in the top five players in the world. They've got a big old pack, G- of course. Gitoon's quality as well. Uh, yeah, Gitoon, obviously Kano, uh, Takori. Oh, actually, I, I, I take back my comment. Mate... <laughs> They're unbelievable, this Toulouse, <laughs> this Toulouse team. Mate, they're unreal. Yeah. But they're in a semi. They're in a semi, mate, so they must be good. And what did you make of Racing's win over Clermont? Oh, what a dog game. Really? Racing were always in control, weren't they? Clermont mate. aren't the team they were. But Rass- even your mate, Jim, Francois Trampoup, he scored. Mate, he, did. Old, he was on the bench as well. He came uh, on. Me old, me, old chip, me old chip and goo chase. Yeah, I saw that. He's got the interest levels of a dead bat. And literally, <laughs> he scored. He scored, mate. Fair play to him. Um, I don't know. I didn't really like the game. I was kind of flickering in and out of it uh, a little bit. There was obviously all the talk of it being at home for Clement. 
but they get the atmosphere from the Stad Stadium Michelin or what's it called? Stadium it's called Mich- the, the Stad Marcel Michelin. Oh, nearly. I nearly got it. Stad de Marma Michelin. <laughs> um, obviously, they used that as their 16th man, and there was a lot of debate around that, but they had 5,000 fans. What are you moaning about? Well, that Phil Saracen's ground, wasn't it, Jim? Hey, oh, come on, mate. There you go. Well, on, mate. mate, I tell you what, it will fill hashtag always Edinburgh's new ground that they're building. Yeah, I know you're bothered about that. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jim. So, mate, there we go. Semi-finals. Who would have thought? Unless something happens with Roman Poit and... Uh, <laughs> well what do you reckon Jim Racing Saracens in the semi over at La Defense Arena under the lights with about 4,000 fans probably don't know I just think for Saracens all the emotions gone into that game Leinster could have come back in the big turning point or the big thing out of that Leinster game was the scrum in my opinion that's why yeah. Saris won that game because they absolutely horsed them in the scrum I just think Racing I, oh, I don't know. Can I say it? You just did. You just did. Did I? Yeah. Did yeah. I? You said Rassin. You said Rassin and Camel Shat. Camel didn't shat. Oh, my neck. Shat. Oh, my neck. <laughs> oh, my neck. Yeah. Yeah. I just think Rassin, because it's there, because Finn Russell's playing so well, because of the size of their pack. Oh, I don't know. I, Matt, I want to say Sarah. I really do. I didn't think they beat Leinster. Matt, I think Rassin. Why being horrible? Matt, I'm not. I'm being, um, I'm being diplomatic here. I see what you're trying to do because you backed Leinster to beat Saracens and then Saracens won. You're doing the same again. You're going to back Racing and hope that Saracens win. Oh, God. I'm gonna, I'm going. I'm Saris, mate. I'm Sar- Saris. Hashtag always. I don't even know what the tagline is. <laughs> we are Saris. What is it? I forgot. It's two houses on the M1 near Luton, isn't it? With one bedroom each, which equals two. <laughs> two yeah. plus one is twenty-one seconds. <laughs> All right, mate. It's an interesting one, though, isn't it? For Finn Russell. Right, and we know he's a magician. We know, like, in a loose game, he can absolutely carve up. Saracens aren't going to give him any space at all, are they? And that's the thing. Saracens shut him down and shut his magic down. Have Racing got somewhere else to go? The, the big pressure, and I generally believe this, big pressure on Finn Russell. If Finn Russell comes through this test with flying colours and can play against a, a press defence, can play against a physically dominant Saracens team. and I know where you're going with this. He's going to be the Lions 10. That's all there I'm saying. There you go. Well, you've put a lot of pressure on him by making that statement. If Fed Russell plays well, it's going to be Lions. So I've got to bring him back down to earth. How shit's his rig? <laughs> oh, my word. Mate, I'll be happy with a rig like that. I bet you what, Mate, how can you be a pair but be that skinny? That's I'm, looking, I'm like, how have you got that shape on you? Mate, I'm bringing him down on purpose, Finn. If you're listening, I know you are. He's in his uh, Lambo bro- right now. Uh, he ain't bothered. Mate, he's literally down the Chandeliers there. Let's say he's got a, c- mate, he's got a cigarette in his hand. Uh, <laughs> mate, he's on the Chandeliers there and he's wearing a vest and he don't give... He's got his slippers on. He's probably got his paracrot. He don't give a shit, mate. In his Lambo uh, as well or not? 100%. But um, I know it means a lot to him as well. I know he's obviously comes across as a bit of a, a maverick, a bit of a joker, doesn't really think too much about what other people think but i know that this year is hugely important to him so i think you're right goody Matt, hey we're agreed look at us exeter to lose how do you guys see that panning out mate that's why i said with sharks it's interesting because exeter rely on the size of their pack their forward play their collisions the physicality but I'm going to say Exeter, Exeter, because I think that they've got, I think they can match Toulouse, but I just think the game plan that they've got and the players that Jacques mentions with with Noli, 
and Hoggy Hoggy E and Slay D D um being fit and playing well gives them that point of difference. But the issue you've got with to, with Toulouse is mate, you've got Chesson Colby. So he can score for he score from, score from anywhere. I think I think the big thing with Toulouse are they they the offloading game they play, they don't play with much structure. And I've been coached by Ugo Moller. Uh, when I was at Breath, Breathe, um, they get given a lot of space. Chesney Colby sometimes gets given space. You look at, at the weekend, he got given space at times, and you give a man like that space and he's devastating. And some of the other players, Gitoon up the middle was given space, was given opportunities to break tackles. Exeter just don't gift that to teams. Toulouse are going to have to work very hard to create opportunities. Uh, Exeter are a brilliant side at nullifying opposition with their possession game that they go for as well they've got a solid kicking game you know DuPont and, and players like that have got the X factor but I just don't think that extra will switch off and allow them the opportunities that they are given in other areas which may frustrate to lose and then hopefully obviously I'm an extra fan as well now I want extra to be in the final it's their maiden semi-final last time they got to the quarters who knocked them out I haven't mentioned this yet wasps of course we did I don't After, remember it. I don't, well, I don't Jim, remember quarters. I'd obviously left and Jimmy Gopeth kicked the winner and then they played you in the semi-final, Jim. Saracens, what? were you on the bench in that one? I don't know, but where are Wasps this week? I'm, ju- I'm just asking. I'm, ju- I'm just asking <laughs> the question. I ain't seen them. I haven't uh, seen them anywhere. I think I think we're third in the league, Jim. Uh, oh, so okay. They're, yeah. they're all on holiday. But yeah, you're right. I'm going Exeter to beat Toulouse. Goody, you never said who was going to win out of Racing and Saracens. Yeah. I, uh, I reckon Saris. Mate, what... What are you doing here? <laughs> I also noticed earlier you said we when you talked about Saracens as well. I don't know if anyone else picked that up. No, I, I, mate, yeah, I did pick it up. I didn't, hey, but I'll say I did. Hey, I played there. I played there. And sometimes when you play, you've played at Saracens, you get given a house. My house was because I got paid out because uh, they got rid of me. But hey. <laughs> details. Yeah, details, mate. Semantics. I'm going to say Saracens. Oh, can I check? Can I, I can't check. Do I change or not? You do what you want, Jim. No, I'm not. I'm going Racing, unfortunately. Oh, I want he's to gone it. back. No, I want to, I, I said Racing, didn't I? You said Racing, then you said Saris. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to stick with, stick with Racing because, look, <laughs> believe it or not, I'm an expert, apparently. But I'm there with Channel 4 at the weekend. Big shout out to them. Well, we'll get into some more rugby in a minute, but it's time for your feature now, isn't it, Jimbo? Yes, it is. Ando. Ando? He called me Jimbo. Uh, okay. Ando. I just call him the weird fish. Mate, it's the riddle. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. And it isn't just a riddle. It's a riddle that I'll solve. That's why it's called Jim will solve it. Get it? Riddle me this, lads. Riddle me that, Carol. Wherever you are, we miss you a lot. Jim will solve it. Hit me! Yes, well, Carol is actually away filming for a couple of weeks, but she'll be back with us again soon. And she's sent a riddle that I'm going to read to you now. You have 14 brown socks, 14 blue socks, and 14 black socks in your sock drawer. How many socks must you remove without looking to be sure to have a matched pair? Oh, yeah. Right, I've got my pen and paper out now because... He's getting serious. Carol's not yeah. here, so he's, he's not as nervous. We miss Carol, but you can see Jim's he's just more relaxed. He's got his pen and paper out. I- I, I do feel more relaxed. I got the last one really well. Yeah, I just feel like this is the easiest one that you've ever had. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, I'm not. I'm not going to put pressure on you now, Jim. This is. This is easy. Right. I'm going to read it back out. So you got 14 brown socks. So I've got 14 brown socks. Let's just say it's me. So 14 brown socks. Yeah. 
Well, it could be you, but let's just say, we well, say it's me. 14 blue socks. Can you put your socks on for yourself or does the missus have to do it? It depends, mate. After rugby training, literally, I've had, <laughs> I've had to put the clogs on that that I got off Jason Orange. Um, I, no I, socks. I, mate, no socks, mate, because they look quite cool with socks. I, genuinely, the toes as well, the toes and the back. I couldn't get... I was trying to hook the socks on. I was trying to hook them over my toe. I couldn't, I couldn't do it, pal. <laughs> You've got hanging toenails as well, haven't you? Oh, mate, they're hanging. And they, and they wanted to pay me two and a half grand a, a year. Mate, I was no wonder I'm going for two and a half grand a week. Um, so fourteen blue socks yeah. and fourteen black socks, right? Yeah. Hang on. How many socks have you got in total, Jim? Hang on, so I'm just counting these up now. So, so ten add ten add ten is add ten is that is thirty. Four add is eight. So it's eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So 42. It's just three times 14, James. Okay, yeah, but I do it in a special <laughs> way, mate. So I've got 42 socks they're not pairs they're socks right yeah so, so they're, they're socks how many socks must you remove without looking to be sure to have a match pair what the hell this is really easy jim how many socks like must it's really you remove? easy yeah well yeah you can't keep saying that because i'm trying to think about <laughs> so i've got 42 socks at the minute right yeah in the drawer so how have you got anything under the is there anything under the socks because you know in your sock drawer people hide things underneath <laughs> Yeah, I put the Manscaped thing in there now. <laughs> it's going off in the middle of the night. Like, as in, use me, use me. <laughs> you sure I it's will. the Manscaped thing that makes that noise, not something well, else that goes... Well, I don't know. You'll have to ask the wife. Right, so four... Hang on. How many socks must you remove without looking to be sure to have a match pair? So, if I'm removing socks... Yeah. yeah. What am I looking for? Am I looking to not match a pair or to match a pair? Mate, you're not, you don't have to look. So, imagine you've got a blindfold on now. And you've got 42 socks in a drawer. Okay. Three so different colours. Yeah. How many socks do you have to pull out to make sure that you've got a pair? Okay, so wait there. So black, blue, brown, black, blue, brown, there brown, go. brown. There you go. There black, you go. Black, blue, brown, black, <laughs> blue, brown. Three. Oh, it was so close. <laughs> it was Four. so close. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mate, yes. thank you. Thank you. Let me just write that down. Four. <laughs> circles um there we go mate easy you said it was easy it was easy of course it was easy mate i just had to break it down break it down chickadoo hey riddle me this lads riddle me this carol jim just solved it it was four socks you've got to pull out but it's not about pulling out it's about (laughs) (laughs) oh wow smashed it Smashed it. Well, you said three first, but we'll, you know. Yeah, but you know what I mean? It was like three, and then it was like I was adding gone, one at the end. You've gone three, four, five, six, seven. You'd have kept going until you got the right answer. I think I genuinely would have stopped on four, naturally, if it was uh, <laughs> life and death. Do you know why it was four? Yeah, why was it four, Jim? Because eventually you're going to have two pairs, and one of them's going to match up because there's only three why, colours. What, what do you mean two pairs? You only need one pair. Yeah, but you're pulling out two pairs of socks, so you're pulling out four, and because there's three colours, at some point, Actually, that blows my mind. You know, you go back there. <laughs> what, why, uh, why are you still talking about two pairs of socks? You need but one you, pair of socks. Yeah, but you need one pair, but you're pulling out four socks. So yeah. at some point, they've got a match because there's only three colours. But where's it, why why'd you get two pairs then? Well, I don't know. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I yeah, love it. There, there could be a pair without being a colour. Some people wear... <laughs> what? Some, oh, odd socks, you mean? Odd socks. Some people wear odd socks as a pair. But that's that's not in this riddle, Jim. Yeah, I know. I get that. That's just me speaking 
Runda therapy or whatever it's called. <laughs> right, let's finish things off the good, the bad, and the ugly. And sons are with us again this week, aren't they, Goody? And we can announce the winner of the competition. They ran with us a while back as well, can't we? Yeah, we certainly can. A massive shout out to Alan Davis or Chinese. I'm not sure whether you can say that, but that's his nickname. Oh, is it? You can. Yeah, 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 you can say it. He's known as Chinese by his mates and to everyone at Eccles RFC. Chinese's lid, or Alan Davis, whichever one you want to call him, uh, is looking good now. He's been using the Suns. He's delighted. His nickname's Chinese. Not a great nickname under the current circumstances, but he's won the prize. And his lid's looking good. How's yours getting on, Jim? Mate, even in water at the weekend. Mate, it was looking good. It was looking good. I felt confident. I felt comfortable. And that's the big thing, Goody. It's being comfortable. We've gone through it before. Is acceptance is the first stage. And you want to get to a point of feeling comfortable. And I'm at that stage. I'm at that stage. Suns is a men's health brand that's helping guys with one of the key issues that they don't often talk about, how to keep their hair. They do this by offering free online consultations with GPs, providing a range of licensed and medically proven products for preventing and treating hair loss and delivering via a monthly subscription service to your door. They get results in 9 out of 10 men too and you can take the consultation in less than 2 minutes. So just visit suns.co.uk and use the code RUGBYPOD20 to get 20 quid off your first order. That's sons.co.uk and the code is RUGBYPOD20. So go and check them out and show hair loss who's boss. Yeah, plenty of good this weekend. Uh, obviously, some massive games, but we're going to start off on the other side of the world, down under, Jim. Where are we going with that, Jim? We are going into the knicker draw. Where are we going? <laughs> down under the knicker draw. No, we're going to Australia. And it was the climax, you talk about the knicker draw, Jim, but it was the climax of Super Rugby AU, Super Rugby Australia, Jim. Yeah, I uh, know. And the Brumbies... They're getting a mention in the good this week because they beat the Reds 28 23. They were buzzing. They were. They were buzzing. Um, outstanding performance by the Brumbies 28 23. Doesn't do it justice because they were comfy throughout for me. Um, so a tip of the slipper to them. Uh, what else was good? Let's go over to France, shall we, Jim? It's not often we put. Where? It's, not often, it's not often we put French people in the good, but we are going to. And we're going to start off in Toulouse because they didn't lose Toulouse and they dispatched Ulster, but mainly down to a few players. And we're going to start off with Sofiane Gitoun. He ran with his pants down. Who can run with their pants down? French. Mate, <laughs> so French. Runs with his pants down, pulls them up as he's running to put DuPont in for a try just after half time. Cheslin Colby, ridiculous as ever. Silly feet, scores a worldie. Uh, what else was good? Rassing, winning comfortably away at Claremont. For me, they're always in control. And even Jim's mate, Francois Trampoup, he scored a chip and goo chase, Jim. You'd have been proud of that, wouldn't you? Well, I saw it, mate. I didn't feel very proud, but um, <laughs> I felt proud for him. Yeah, he's your old Montpellier teammate, and uh, they were good days, weren't they? Yeah, they were great, great. Yeah. Uh, what else was good? Uh, Exeter uh, getting to their maiden European Champions Cup semi-final. Uh, some big performances from Henry Slade, from Jack Knoll, but the main man who we spoke to earlier, Jacques Vermeulen, who made 47 metres. He had five defenders that he beat and made 15 tackles, couple of tries, uh, top, top performance by him. And talking of semis... You like what I've done here, Jim? I know where you're going. He's back. He's back in the good. He's going to be in the good every week. Semi Randrandra. Absolutely ridiculous for Bristol. It's like he's got silly wheels. He just jogs and then he cruises past people for fun. Quality player. But Bristol's, Bristol's, one of our other favourite teams now, Jim. Uh, They romped into the semi-final 
completely pulling the Dragons' pants down. He's one of the strongest ever Dragons teams that's been put out on the pitch. Poor Naz. Naz is coaching now. I text him after. <laughs> and he's like, what can you say? And I, he, said, he said to me, he texted me and I said, well, what do you do? What can you say? And I said, mate, you need to Back blame off. someone. Mate, you need to blame someone. <laughs> hey, it's about blame. It's it someone is. else's fault, mate. It's so, always it's always the assistant forwards coach's fault as well, I reckon. I've not heard back off him, mate. <laughs> Which is Naz. Uh, so yeah, they got a good spanking, 56 points to 17. Their pants were properly pulled down. Uh, so an outstanding performance by Bristol's. But the goo this week, hold your breath, people. There's only one place this can go. It's not Wasps because they didn't play this weekend. I won't mention them, but I always have to mention an old club of mine. I always have to mention in the good, somewhere where I've played, that's given me life. Where deep down the heart really is. I wouldn't say where deep down the heart really is, but is a part of my history. And Saracens are getting the good this week. One of my old clubs, I had many a good time there. Did I? I don't remember. Beating the unbeaten Leinster in Dublin. It wasn't a pretty game, but they were mightily effective with their scrum, their physicality, their ruthlessness. From 1 to 15 and a few of the boys that came off the bench, they were phenomenal. A champion performance by a champion team that I paved the way with my shitness years ago for Saracens when they thought, actually, we need to change this club and we need to offer everyone five houses and get us through to be European champions. So Saracens, you get the good this week. Tell you what, if Swinner has been bought a house, I'm eating these clogs. <laughs> there, ain't <a> chance. <laughs> there ain't a chance he's been bought a house. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, tip of the slipper to Saracens. They get the good, especially Swinnow. Finally, they've got a world-class Scottish second row in their ranks. Uh, the bad, Toulon's pitch. How bad was that? Did you see it, Jim? I didn't think it rains there. What's going on? Hey, it's on the coast, south coast. The pitch was shocking. It looked like a park pitch. Um, and hopefully they're going to fix it by this weekend because Leicester are coming to town and I'm commentating on that game, Jim. I don't want to see as dull a game as it was between Toulon and the Scarlets because the pitch was shocking but Parisi scored but the pitch was bad um, what else was bad the Pro 14 teams gym the Guinness Pro 14 teams gym in Europe in the knockout stages five of them were in the quarterfinals all five of them lost Leinster Ulster Dragons Scarlets Edinburgh all of them rocked up no W's what's going on Jim well, I don't know mate. I, I, actually I do, I do know I know the, I know the answer to everything Blame China. <laughs> there you go. Blame China. That was pretty bad. Um, what else was bad? Uh, we mentioned it earlier. The Dragons' defence, or basically blame their assistant forwards coach, Luke Narraway. Must be his fault. So he's getting a mention in the bad for the Dragons, conceding 56 points. A couple of other bad things, and they're both coming from France. It won't surprise you. One of them, firstly, cast forfeiting the semi-final against Leicester because four people tested positive for COVID within their squad. And I'm hearing... My sources on the grapevine telling me that Roman Poit went for a little visit to Cast last week. Just went for a bit of sightseeing around the city. No coincidence, is it? That the bad this week, but that the bad this week has to go to Roman Poit and his cough. <coughs> it is not COVID. No, no, no. Le Capitaine Vieni. <coughs> so the bad this week, unfortunately, has to go to Roman Poit, uh, coughing his way throughout the whole game, given people germs that just don't need to be spread in this day and age do they jim hey hey you know my thoughts on it i said it but i do wish him well i should say he clearly is poorly so we wish him well we do um and then finally the ugly uh only one real ugly thing i could find this weekend jim um, is it a lid it has to be doesn't it because there's so many out there 
there's, there is a few shocking lids, but the most shocking, the ugliest lid I could find this weekend was on a chap called Angus Blythe for Queensland Reds. He had QLD Reds shaved into his head. It looked like JJ or like a 10-year-old or someone had been set loose with the Manscaped lawnmower all over his head and he's got QLD Reds shaved into the back of his head. Do you get it, Jim? Why QLD? Quids, lads. Close, Queensland. Queensland. Yeah, I, I do know, mate. Hey, I, hey, I missed it. You know, I know my geography. You know you that. Do. I'm a history. My history as well. Yeah, you do. So the ugly this week goes to Angus Blythe and his shocking lid. Thanks, Goody. And Jim, you've got a shout out to finish up with, don't you? It's a big shout out as well. Goody, you know Corbs as well. Alex Corbusiero. Um, unfortunately for him, his cancer seems to have come back. It's been all over social media today on Instagram. He's currently on week five of six of chemotherapy um, off the back of getting testicular cancer earlier in the year. So he's now got no hair as a result of the chemotherapy. It's quite a harrowing picture that he's posted on Instagram. Uh, He's a good mate of mine and Goody's of the rugby family and all of that. So we wish him well. Uh, I know he listens to the podcast, whether he listens to this one or not. I'm not too sure, but it's a reminder for all the gents out there to keep checking your bits, uh, keep looking out for each other, and um, all rallying together and wishing Corbs well. Yeah, all the best, Corbs, mate. Hope you uh, keep up the fight. Goody, you got a shout out as well? Yeah, a huge shout out to PC Daryl Mares, who unfortunately was set alight last Friday whilst on duty as a police officer. Uh, it's absolutely disgraceful what happened to him, but luckily they've got the guy who did it and he's up for GBH now. So a huge shout out to Daryl. He's massively respected and thought of by all the Newquay Hornets RFC players and supporters. Uh, He's been a player there for many years, but he's hugely appreciated as a coach from the under sevens all the way up to the senior teams. Um, He's also part of the Cornwall DPP, plays a big part of the rugby club. He's loved by everyone. Everyone knows the respect I've got for our police. Uh, So a big shout out to PC Daryl Mayers, his friends, his family, Hopefully you'll be recovered soon enough and you'll be able to get back out with the Newquay Hornets boys and do some coaching as well. Absolutely, Goody. Cheers, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you very much for listening as well. Don't forget to hit subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts on and check us out on YouTube as well. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Uh-huh.